0: You are listening to Get Real Podcast. Show me the money. What kind of God wants you to be poor and miserable? That's the way I feel as well. I have confessed that I am in the billion flow and that I am a billionaire. Billionaire. Show me, money.
1: I can believe God as long as I want to. If I want to believe God for a $65 million plane, you cannot stop me. You cannot stop me from dreaming. You can't stop me from dreaming. I'm going to dream until Jesus comes.
0: Glenn, yes, I know that sometimes when we do these particular podcasts uh-huh. episodes, that the release order may be slightly different from the recording order. I get that, yeah, but I do have to say a couple of things, and there's nothing like on-air compliments that you have no idea are coming. Uh-oh! The one that we had with Stacy, yes. precious young lady believer in Australia, uh, didn't she say she was in the middle of nowhere?
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, she did. Yep, uh-huh. I picture
0: A picture of scene on a crocodile Dundee She's in the middle of nowhere. Um, precious girl. And the thing that I really like about you and have for a long time is there's somebody that God is speaking to that I believe that mainstream Christianity, whatever that is, right, mm-hmm. would just blur past and... I like the fact that when you look at people and you hear people, you'll notice the things that I think in a very godly, childlike manner, you pick up on the genuine and you don't care. You really don't care if it makes you more popular. You don't care if it makes you more powerful. You don't care if it makes you more prosperous. You don't care about any of that. You saw and heard in her and in her writing something of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. and it was a blessing to me. You're a blessing to me in that. And in putting together that interview, you noticed her. You had the interaction with her. You set up the interview. It was a blessing to me every time we've ever interacted with her, the cartoons, Mm -hmm. the two interviews. She is a wonderfully gifted saint who knows what God's calling her to do, and we pray for her. But I appreciate, brother, your gifting. I really, really do. I see that. And it is so powerful. What people would not think is a lot of, um, what do you call it? Oh, yeah, we're going to get clicks. This is a huge interview. It's somebody that can, you know, make the podcast be. We love it when we get higher profile people. We oh, love yeah. it when we get. It's fun. I don't care. Yeah, but it's fun. The essence and the heartbeat for both of us is not that. We want individual people to hear from God. Not everybody's going to dig it. Not everybody's going to hear it. And the mystery of election, right? Mm -hmm. But I appreciate your gifting and your heart. Like I say, you're the best travel companion. You're like, yeah, pancakes. Pancakes I'm not not (laughs) eating carbs right now. I'm I'm not eating carbs. I'm doing pretty well, 34 days. But I wanted to give you that compliment, brother. In the love of the Lord, it's just, it's beautiful to see when giftings are displayed. And when it's in humility, we're not trying to be somebody, right? No. And then when you do that, you know what happens? God exalts stuff. And um, I I loved hearing from that young lady. She edified my soul today. Yeah. Thank you for that. And thank you, Stacy. Wow. Thanks, Dan.
1: Those are some of the nicest things you've ever said to me. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to ask you. you for money, and I uh, <laughs> thought i better apply you. <laughs> you can't have my Bud Light? Like now. <laughs> no, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I want to take the time for us to talk a little bit more about the prosperity gospel, the blab it and grab it, because after listening to what Stacy had to say and really examining these hideous— that's probably the best way to describe them as absolutely hideous doctrines— It's become apparent to me that this doctrine has permeated most of what we would call Christendom in ways that we don't even realize it. And our listeners might not even realize it. Even when we were in the cult, when we were kind of ranting immaturely in a lot of ways against the prosperity gospel at that time, Mm -hmm. little did we know that we were living by the tenets and the doctrines of the prosperity gospel. And that was what was being pushed on us. Best example I can use is... The inordinate amounts of money that we had to give over to the ministry, and we were always told, "Well, if you give everything you've got, God is going to bless you, and it'll come back a hundredfold or whatever fold." And we it, were broke and we worn were broke out, and worn out, and it never happened. So then when it never happened, it turned into, well... You were just disobedient. Or exactly. You don't have enough you didn't, faith. You didn't
0: do it right or you didn't have enough faith. So it was all... <laughs> and that was from a place, like you said, that did not even... That preached against the prosperity preaching. Yes. But it was cloaked. Uh, it was it was totally cloaked. Same spirit. Same spirit. Same spirit.
1: And it's a works-based theology. You got to work up your faith. You got to do certain things right. You have to believe certain things. You have to be like Yoda mastering the four. That's just
0: ridiculous. I like the Yoda in your front yard.
1: Oh, yes. Inflatable (laughs) Yoda is up.
0: (laughs) I I knew which house to go to. Put it that way.
1: Every October, I put inflatable Yoda up in the front yard. Probably the best 1999 I ever spent in my life at Walmart was it. When Christmas rolls around, Inflatable Mac, the Boston Terrier, gets put up with the Santa Claus hat. So I like Inflatables. They're, They're a lot of fun, especially during holiday time. So in thinking about the prosperity gospel, Dan, I wanted to kind of look into what some people would consider to be a contradiction, which really isn't a contradiction at all. You have... John chapter 10 at verse 10, probably one of the most favorite scripture verses used by prosperity preachers because it talks about abundance, okay? <laughs> Where Jesus said, the thief, thief cometh not but to for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So here Jesus is talking about an abundant life. And I've heard this said by your uh, smiley faces with the extremely white teeth saying, God doesn't want poor people. If you're living right with God, you're not going to be poor. He wants you to have an abundant life, life overflowing. You're going to be rich. You're going to have the car of your dreams. You're going to be successful in your career. You're going to have all these things. But then you take a look later on in Scripture in 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. Paul wrote, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So Paul's not talking about any of those things At all that the prosperity preachers are talking about. As a matter of fact, if you took a look at Paul's life and Peter's life and even our lives from the view of a prosperity preacher, God must really hate us all. Because, (laughs) you know, if if you think about it, because we're not rich, we're not living the dream life, uh, we're not living like these prosperity preachers are. They're very wealthy and life is very different for them. So, you have to take John 10.10 10 in context, and that's something that you and I have been talking about. And we've been paying a lot of attention to since we have listeners all over the world that listen to us. We kind of feed them in a way spiritually with breaking the word form. And we we're very conscious of the fact that we are taking something that's holy and we're breaking it down so that people can understand it, putting it in context of different things. And that's something we take very seriously, even to the point, Dan, where you're doing some some online seminary work now. Yes. And I'm re, mm-hmm. I'm redoing some online seminary work to make sure that we don't turn into a flake, leading people down the wrong path. We're very conscious of that.
0: But still have fun with the mystery. Exactly. There's a lot that we don't know. And it's our job to go like, oh, I wonder what was going on there. Exactly. You know? I don't exactly. mind doing that, but not at the risk of heresy. You exactly. can always go, I don't know, but do you think Adam and Eve were like luminescent? And I'm like, they could have been. Right. <laughs> What's the harm in that?
1: And even know? when you talk about heresy, that wouldn't be heretical teaching. To me, heretical teaching is when you take the work that Jesus did on the cross and make it of no effect. Ugh. That, to me, is heresy. Or you deny the, that Jesus was That's God probably, himself. That's probably apostasy. Yeah, apostasy. Or you deny the divinity of Jesus, that he was both man and God at mm. the same time. Church history has been... If you don't... People, please study church history.
0: Oh, yeah. How about that book?
1: Oh, man. What's the title the of The title
0: Dan? of the book that we're enjoying on Audible is called Church History in Plain Language, I believe. And it was, I believe, a Baptist pastor that really just broke it down. It's wonderful to give you an overview without dragging into, and then, and for, you know, and 22, no. 30, you know, it's like, it's not boring at not, all. It's not in the least, bit. absolutely fascinating. And as you listen to it, or
1: as you, if you choose to read it, you'll start to realize that a lot of the, the goofy garbage that we believe today has been around since the beginning of the church or even before the church even began. It's goofy garbage. And
0: Glenn, I have to interject this. The very thing that you just said about it's been around the whole time okay since the gospel was first preached it was like immediately just bum rushed with fake teachers false teachers counterfeit teachers everywhere all over rome they thought they were cannibals because yes. of the lord's supper yes they thought they were involved in secret sex evil sex orgies and yeah. evil rituals yep and these were the people that would like you know feed them to the lions it wasn't like you had a moral crowd making these judgments but there's something that over the past week And I really cried out to the Lord about it because you said that we used to get in the flesh as far as judging these things. And it's like, yeah, we could sell prosperity preacher dartboards, you know, for all I care. It's like, oh, it's horrible. It is. And we can call it out. But at the same time, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And there's what better way than to preach the real truth. You can still call it out. I think that's godly, but to keep in a um in a Holy Ghost filled guided and directed thing. And I really had to do that before the Lord and then I realized, Glenn, listen to that John MacArthur. What was the one about evil? Uh the problem, the of, problem evil. of evil. Okay? We did a podcast on that. Yep. Oh, he answered it way better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh General MacArthur. Yeah, that's what I call go. him now. There you go. And we disagree. I like he would think we were flakes
1: probably. He would think we were he would think you're a flake. Yeah, yeah. man.
0: Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I enjoy beating up on Glenn. It's one of the few pleasures I have in life is kombucha
1: and then hassling you. Dear Lord, is this going to continue through
0: eternity? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like roommates. We're like, hey, it's you. Well, here's the point that I was making, because I don't want you to get you off. No, this no, is very keep going, succinct this and is good. very beautiful. This is good. But I felt reproved by the Lord in different ways. And after listening to that message and understanding that evil is, is in the world by God's allowance. Not his authorship in the sense of, oh, let me let me express evil. But it God allowed evil to what? To show forth his glory. Okay. So there's something about the evil of heresy and the evil of apostasy that we fight against it. He tells us what to do, but it also gives a backdrop and a almost like a filtering and a purification for the real body of Christ. Exactly. And you have to deal with it of going like, okay, I don't go and turn into a tear plucker. I don't go and go oh, well, you, look, you know, and start just pulling right. people up and and then getting in the flesh, shouting down, you know. But I'm I'm like, dude, if God lays on your heart to go and right between the eyes in love, tell uh, Kenneth Copeland what's up and what he's pretty knock stuff out. I don't think it's gonna hurt anything. No. But in your heart, I do believe that God will lead and guide you in a Holy ghost filled manner. And that was fresh reproof for me. So I'm preaching to this direction with, with with that. But yeah, go ahead, Glenn. I like what you just said there, because a lot of the
1: people that follow the prosperity gospel or follow these prosperity preachers, they're not looking for the Mercedes. They're not looking for an abundance of wealth. It's not really worked for very many people that follow these things anyway. So why do they keep following these crazy doctrines? It's the promise of hope that they're looking for. Wow, Glenn. They're dealing with cancer. They're dealing with health issues. They're dealing with poverty. They're dealing with all of the ick, the grossness of life. Life is hard. There's no question about it. And they see, and this, I I can speak for myself why I followed some of these doctrines, because life is hard, and it... Offered a glimmer of hope that if I just believed the way they were telling me to believe, if I if I worked the force like my Yoda inflatable w- in the front, the yard, word, or brother Blabber, blab it, that I could attain those things that I desired to have peace in my life. Yeah. So our heart is for those people that are following mm. these doctrines, like Stacy's family that she led out of that. Wow. That other people be let out of this as well because it destroys households. It shipwrecks faith. Yeah. It's destructive. And that's what the devil
0: desires to do. And then people are disappointed with God and disappointed with his word because they were lied to.
1: Quick, yes, quick yes. note.
0: Uh huh. Think about this, Glenn. God allows them to get Bentleys and jets. Do you understand that if God didn't want Kenneth Copeland to get another jet? Or Creflo to get another Bentley, okay, or whatever they're doing. He's pouring quail upon them. Yes, he's like you want quail till it comes oh, out th- till it comes out thy nostrils, yep. right? And he gives it to them and makes a spectacle of them. And he's like, "But who wants who wants me? Who wants the real God?" And there's something filtering about that for the body of Christ there. It's like a lint brush or it's something that says, Hey, the people, I believe there are those people that are led astray like these sheep. And then some people are there for the pure lust of their flesh. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Really want it.
1: Yep. Another side note before we get here, because this is awesome. And I just kind of want to free roll for a minute. I was reading Spurgeon's book about the Holy spirit this week. And one of the things that Spurgeon wrote in there is that all power belongs to God. All the power Even the power that the demons exercise is God's power. It's limited what they have, but they have that power. That's the Bible. And that's the Bible right there. So it goes, God is merciful. God is gracious. And it rains on both the just as well as the unjust. And that's something that we have to remember. That's the way that it works. So if we go back to John chapter 10 and verse 10 to fully understand what's going on there, we have to read John, we have to have to read the chapter before John chapter nine. And then that, chapter we read about the man that was blind from birth hmm. and do you remember what people asked about that man when they saw him in his blindness dan i don't they're like what did this man do what sin did he commit what yeah, sin did yeah he- okay well okay. oh, that sounds like word of faith doesn't hey no. you're broke you're broke uh because of your lack of faith because of your lack of faith so we've got word of faith working in there already so and jesus said to him no he there's no particular sin that he committed that causes blindness he's blind for the glory of god so that the works of god may be manifest wow he's a backdrop wow he's a backdrop and the wonderful story is only jesus can do this is take mud or clay spit in it put it in a guy's eyes and create eyes uh no demon can perform there are counterfeit miracles but demons can't create anything i mean the devil can't create anything so Of all of the miracles that Jesus performed to me, this is the one that shows, hey, wait a minute. This is the creator. This is creator God. This is Jesus, the word who spoke the world into existence. So where, where this whole story fits in perfectly with the prosperity gospel is he gets healed. He runs to the pool. He washes his eyes. He's healed. And then he goes back to the synagogue and says to the Pharisees, hey, I got healed by the Lord. And they're like, no, you didn't. He did it on the Sabbath. This man did something that God wouldn't do. We're, we're holier than God, okay? And we don't work on the Sabbath. So if we don't work on the Sabbath, God ain't working on the Sabbath. That's that's not happening. He's like, no, this, this God really did this to me. And I want to point something out here. The Pharisees are sitting in judgment as to God's works. Kanye West right now. There's a lot of people, well... Kanye, he hasn't gotten rid of this or he's still speaking this way. He ain't done this. He ain't done that. Uh, I remember after I was saved, there was still a lot of junk that needed to be worked out because salvation starts from the inside people and works to the outside. Yes. So we should not sit and judge somebody's salvation based upon our external standards as the scribes and the Pharisees did News flash. So let's just move forward with that. Oh, it
0: starts on the inside. It starts on the inside. it starts with God, you know? That's good. Now, pray for that brother, you know? Definitely. And we will pray for him.
1: Definitely. So the parents were brought in by the scribes and Pharisees, and they (laughs) asked, hey, is this your kid? All right. Is this your kid? They say yes. And they asked the parents. "Did They were probably afraid. They were afraid, and that's why they said to the Pharisees, well, you ask him who healed him. Because it says specifically in Scripture, in John chapter 9, that they were afraid of being cast out of the synagogue. Mm. They were afraid of men.
0: That that would have been kind of like excommunication. Yeah, it
1: would have been. And when you think about that, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's easy. How much of their life was involved with the synagogue? We've been there. The times that we thought about leaving the cult. You, you would have been a social outcast yeah, totally. you would have been
0: unclean like a samaritan i w- i would imagine Prob- back in that day yeah back in that day but that's how we were when we got out of the cult we were like hey we're we're going to leave god bless you guys and then we were turned into demons yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> we we they, we are still demonized by them too oh you know? sure that that dan and glenn here they go again but jesus said something very interesting because this the scribes and the pharisees they asked him hey lord are we blind and Jesus said this in uh, chapter 9 at verse 39 and Jesus said, "For judgment I am come into this world that they which see not might see and that they which see might be made blind." Oh yeah And you and I were talking about this on the phone a couple of weeks ago is that Jesus's sayings in his parables were dark, not evil but darkened for a specific reason mm. and it was to serve as a filter. So what Jesus is saying here is that I've come so that those who have the scripture and know that I am the Messiah, but are purposely denying it for their own selfish gain will be made blind. Hmm. And so that those who cannot see, who are basically in ignorance, not stupid, but just ignorance, they just don't know what the scripture says, they're, they're, in darkness. they're in darkness so that they might see. And that's the whole reason why Jesus healed this man's eyes in this this instance.
0: Wow. It all see, ties that, together. That totally makes sense because you think about it. Them that took the word and the Bible said that they had a, a knowledge w- without power, right? Right. And they took the word, kind of like the prosperity blab it and grab it movement. And then they're doing unseemly things. They're doing things that are amiss to use scriptural phraseology, right? Right. So they're taking the word, they're independently making the Sabbath something that it was never meant to represent. They're bending it, they're taking control and wealth and power and using the word for purposes that God did not give it. So the people that are in the basic, and so they thought they had light, we are God's chosen. We are the holy. This is his word. We take his word and we exert his authority in the earth over you. We'll kick you out of the synagogue. We'll do all these things. It's our power. And then you have simplicity of someone that the word comes to. We're in darkness. We're in spiritual death. Yes. I I need, what did, what, did, what did Peter say to him? Are you going to leave me too? And he goes, Lord, where else would I go? You have the words of life. Exactly.
1: One of the, Smart things that Peter said.
0: <laughs> I would have blown Peter away as far as stupid things. You so, know.
1: so this ties into John chapter 10 at verse 10. and What Jesus said, this dark saying that I have come so that those that see might be made blind and so that those that are blind might see. John chapter 10, um, John chapter 10, he's talking about the Pharisees. That's what we're talking about before we get to the abundance of life. So what Jesus says in John chapter 10 at verse one, he says, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbeth up some other way is a thief. So Jesus is saying, hey, these Pharisees, these scribes, they're thieves. Hmm. They have not come in by me, through me. Jesus is the door. And all they're wanting to do is to steal. They want to kill and that they want to destroy. Now, not only does this apply to the pastors, the greedy pastors, the greedy shepherds that want to take advantage of God's flock by climbing up another way by their own efforts it applies to the person who finds themselves in the sheepfold or gets into the sheepfold because they're not concerned about eternal life they just want God's stuff mm. they want God's love without the cross they want God's forgiveness without going to Sinai and trembling before the law and then crying out oh god i'm a sinner mm. that's what they they want the stuff but they don't want to pay the price of going through the door. So Jesus says that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, when you listen to your prosperity preacher today, what they will say is, well, this is, this is the devil who's the thief who come not but to steal your wealth, to destroy your life, your health, your prosperity, your checkbook, blah, 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 blah. So, well, send me
0: 000, so send we'll me $1,000 and we'll stomp him together. we we'll stomp
1: him together. Jesus is talking about, the thief he's talking about here are the religious leaders. Wow. So your prosperity preachers, what they do today is they ascribe it, well, it's the devil. It's the dark force that's, that's keeping you down. Well, prosperity preacher, unfortunately, you're the one keeping the people down. Mm. You're not giving them the true word of life where they can walk in the power that Jesus gave them. Now, this... Being a thief, being uh, somebody that steals, being somebody that comes to kill and destroy. Yes, those are satanic principles and that's how the devil works. So somebody who is doing those things, they are under the influence of satanic forces. Question. Okay.
0: The life uh, and to have it more abundantly. Uh-huh. Is that talking about eternal life, not life with bentley and jets did i jump the gun no you didn't because that's exactly where i get smacked by your notes
1: (laughs) that's exactly where i'm going because you notice here dan i like how you pointed out and you everybody can take a look in the bible for this and everybody that's been to an english class can understand this life is a noun that's the thing that he came to give abundantly is an adjective jesus didn't come to give abundance Wait,
0: abundantly would be an adverb. Adjective or about adverb? About have. Yeah, about okay, it's a descriptive.
1: It's a descriptive. Thank you for correcting <laughs> me. <in> my, <laughs> I just got a nerd ground. out. I'm okay. hyped up on kombucha. <laughs> what else am I going to do? But he came so that people might have life. And what did Jesus say about himself? He is the way, the truth, and the what? Life. He is the life. Yes, he's talking about eternal life. Okay. Because... Take a look at the world and let's help people understand something here. Jesus said, and the scripture is very clear, that we will be able to conquer poverty, that we'll be able to conquer these things throughout life. Now, when Jesus said that, and the scripture says that, it doesn't mean that we're going to be rich and that we're going to have all of this abundance. It means that he is going to provide us all of our needs in the midst of poverty. He's going to provide us all the things that we need in the midst of turmoil. He's going to provide us all the things that we need. He provides our needs. Hmm.
0: And that could be even on your way to get crucified upside down. He's going to give you grace to love and forgive and pardon and live holy all the way to the last of your seconds. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Because Jesus said it's very clear that Jesus
1: said that he is the way, the truth and the life. Now, when Jesus said that he came to give life and he gave it more abundantly, Dan, that is a filter. That is a filter verse that he uses to make those that see blind and those that are blind to see. Okay. If you interpret that verse out of context and take it out of context and you're like, Oh man, this is my ticket to the big bank account because Jesus is the banker in the sky. No, that's, I don't see that anywhere in scripture. Sorry. Um, this is the filter, because if you take it that way, God is going to give you what you want. If you want quail, if you want that big bank account, he is going to give it to you. Hmm.
0: That's very interesting. It's a filter to see which way you're going to go with it. So in a sense, the, the real truth being veiled, when they read that, all they see in the narcissistic lost ziggy piggy mindset right stacy can write that one Um, so the the ziggy pig that is unregenerate reads that and he's like yeah there's more for me right there." exactly oh look at all those sheep with all those coins that's more for me exactly exactly Mm. so
1: we can back up what's in john chapter 10 from taking a look at luke chapter 6 at verse 24 this is not a contradiction but it further gives description as to what Jesus was saying about the abundant life. He says in Luke 6, 24, But woe unto you that are rich! Ye have received your consolation. So, thank you for playing the game of life. This is what you get. You get your parting gift. You get the board game for playing, or the Ginsu knife set for playing. This is what you get. This is it. This is your best life ever. Oh. This is it right here. Woe unto you. This is it. Enjoy it while you have it. It's going to go away. There is no more for you. But in Luke six thirty eight, he says this. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. So, Here's where I have a problem with this. I have been to churches where before they pass around the tithe bucket, this is what is quoted. This has nothing to do at all with tithes and offerings. Nothing. Hmm. It talks about ministering to people before that, how we treat others. Because if you take a look at the verses prior to Luke chapter 6 at verse 38, it talks very clearly about giving peace to others treating other people kindly. So when we do that to other people, it's the golden rule that a lot of people say, do unto others as others would do unto you. And when you Mm. do that, people will give back. They will minister back to you. Mm. And that's been one of the blessings of what we do here. Mm. In the time that we spent with our friends through this podcast, we've given to them. And every time that we give to somebody, they give back to us. Not financially, but we're ministered to just like Stacy ministered to us. We gave her the microphone. So I don't get a Bentley
0: out of this at all. Sorry.
1: No, no, no. no, that's, no you know, Bentley.
0: The, the, the obsession with temporal, it's almost like they'll wade through Scripture. If you listen to, on What Shall I Cry Ministries, you and I have been talking yes. about um, uh-huh. that gentleman. I, I love his ministry on YouTube. Look it up. What Shall I Cry? He will juxtaposition— A really good preacher with a horrible heretic, right? Yes. And the beauty of it is you get the cadence. It's almost like they only read little snippets of Scripture because you can't get too much context in there because all they're trying to do is applying it to, let me show you the good part. Yeah. And the good part is not um, eternal life. Being given, it's not about the Messiah. It's about, let me show you how to get that raise. Let me show you how to get that special someone into your life. Let me show you how to work the word so that that promotion can come your way. You know, and it's, it's, they're always like, uh, what do you call it? Drooling for some sort of temporal. And that's the only real they have. They're yes. clearly walking in the lust of the flesh, lust of the prize eyes, the and the pride life, of life, Right. Yeah, right.
1: Right. Hmm. So yeah, here it is right here. Luke chapter six at verse 35. This is what Jesus says to give and it'll be given back to you even more. Love your enemies. Okay, this is in that this same is chapter. Yeah, same okay. chapter. Okay, so when Jesus says, hey, it's gonna be pressed down, shaken, given to you in abundance. Uh, this is what's th- this is That's what you give. This is the context. Uh, okay. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. Ooh, oh, hey, so, so into our ministry and you're gonna get, okay? Mm. Lend, Lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil.
0: Wait, can we read that again? Yeah, I'm going to read
1: that again, okay? He said, but love your enemies and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward will be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he, meaning God, is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Oh.
0: Loving the unlovable. Yes. Beautiful. And oh. that
1: fits in with us growing in the way that we handle these prosperity preachers. Oh, yeah. When we were immature throwing darts at, you know, the Kenneth Copeland dartboard or <laughs> whatever That would it be cool merch. <laughs> it though. would be cool. Totally cool <laughs> merch. All right. But we have to love them as well because guess what? God loves him also. Oh,
0: wow. And it's that wrath of man. They're like, God, if you see fit to give uh, Creflo another Another uh, Bentley so that it purifies yep. your church.
1: Dan, and it goes further. Mm. At verse 36, be therefore merciful as your father oh. is also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Now, that's not talking about just laying everything aside and saying, well, everything's okay. We just live in unit, you know, a, a universal utopia. We can talk about that at a later date, but it's that harsh, cruel judgment. Pretty much like I'm saying with Kanye West right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, you sitting in the Pharisee's seat, you don't know what's going on on the inside, so so slow down. Oh, yeah, Slow man. down. Let's see what happens. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. You know what? I forgive Kenneth Copeland for what he's doing.
0: You know what? I'm going to do that too. Father, I forgive Kenneth Copeland for what he's doing. Absolutely. Glenn, this is ministering to me, brother. I just got to tell you. I didn't I, I think we were going to uh, go here with this, but yeah. yeah. It, it's it's because you know what's important the will of God, not yes. the wrath of man, the wrath of Dan, you know, wrath of Glenn, the, the wrath of Glenn. The, it's a beautiful thing because we want to see God's will done in the earth. And when you rest in his sovereignty, you know what I was just munching on this morning in scripture, I was in uh second Corinthians three and it's, I forgot that's one of my favorite chapters in the whole entire scripture. And I won't belabor it too long, but one of the encouragements that I just got in this the forging of what God's been doing in me with all these weird things over all the years is that God is so sovereign and, and completely all over our justification in conversion. You know, you didn't wake up in some Neo Arminian, like, well, you got to get right. You got to turn or you're going to burn. And then you use yourself for effort to somehow save yourself. No, if you repented, it's because God opened your eyes. Number two, in the one that I had always lacked a lot of faith in was in sanctification. Okay. So God justifies us with salvation and regeneration, right? We are justified. And then in our schizophrenic kind of Existence here of having a new spirit, but still an old body and an old mind, right? Um, th- we're kind of schizo. I mean, we, we deal with the body of this death, as Paul referred to it. And you can get down in yourself. Uh, not Calvin, but uh, Luther. Luther said, um, you know, simul justus et peccator. And it meant justified while being a sinner. And I. Lacks so much faith of thinking like, God, I still feel like a wretch sometimes or a lot of times. And I see these religious people over there that seem to have it all together. They usually don't, they're usually a different frame a or they can hide it better. And I'm so like loud or passionate or whatever. just, I'm like, I do it wrong. I forgot. I messed up. And that guy's like never late or never, you know, or never messes up and never goes, Oh son of a, and then goes sorry, God, you know? Right. And, um, so, but on the third one of our glorification. So those three beautiful things that believers get to partake in justification by grace through faith, faith alone. alone. Yeah. And it is the work of God, right? It's not some Pelagian, like you're doing it and by being a good boy. And that's why God's having mercy. Nonsense by grace through faith alone, justification, sanctification. And glorification, the comfort that God was really laying on me today, Glenn, was that He is sovereign in all of those. Even when He tells us, mortify the deeds of the flesh, Um, be holy as I am holy. He gives us all these commands about clean living, and people get hung Mm -hmm. up on it. And if you look in that same chapter that I was talking about, where it talks about as Moses looked, and and remember his face shone? yes. It's that verse. And then it talks about how open faced we can look at God. We can, we can be changed and in a sense, sanctified. It's, I would say that's at the pinnacle of sanctification that yes, you fellowship, you get your mind renewed with the word, you pray, you seek God diligently, you apply your faith, you do these things which are healthy for a Christian. And then the real pinnacle, the mountaintop of that is in that sweet intimacy with Christ. And you go with him, and so he, then he changes you to be able to live more wholly outwardly, like what you were talking about with with Kanye. Man, yeah. you don't go right from the uh, sleeping with the pigs, right? right? to me, you may be like, man, I love Jesus and you still got mud all over you. You don't even know what's going on. So those three beautiful things. Yeah. And,
1: and that was the problem that Paul had with the Corinthians and the Corinthian church when they were prophesying and giving into the old spirits that they used to give into. Ah, you, you had a whole bunch of pagans in there and they're like, yeah, well, you know, Christ is a curse, you know. Uh, okay, A plus for effort on that one,
0: but for technical, you get a zero.
1: Yeah. All right. But, but he was patient with he them. He was patient with them, yes.
0: Well, I mean, if, if you hear me out there and and I know, Glenn, it was so rich, the encouragement of his sovereignty. And that's what applies to what you're talking about, of me not getting in the flesh over lashing out at prosperity preachers, which is one of the things I love about that brother from um, What Shall I Cry? Okay, he's just, he's brokenhearted. Bro- broken hearted. Yeah. yeah. And this applies because it has to do with God's sovereignty. They're a filter that he's allowing. If I could press a button and shut him down, I would, Right. Divert that money to somebody that could use it, right? You know, but he's not
1: going to let you do it, but he's not not going to let you do it. It's
0: in his purpose, but it was like when I saw that with a personal application of that same understanding of God's sovereignty, it was like, I was sovereign when I opened up the eyes of you as a dead man and I saved your soul with the conviction and illumination of my spirit. I'm sovereign when I, you will be changed one day. The whole architecture of my human body, I will get a brand new mind, a brand new body to go with my clean, Holy Ghost-filled, washed spirit, right? All that will be made brand new in the twinkling of an eye, but it's that middle one that I struggled with yielding to God of when he promises to finish the work in me, and I can yield to him in such a trust, and lately I've felt such a grace, and I see all of the painful experiences of the past, all the horrible doctrine, all of the failure personally. And I'm like, God, I'm just, I can't do this. And all of the Armenians telling me how much better I had to be. You got to be better. You got to do more. You got to be better. You got to, and just mounting all the responsibility for maintaining my old own, own salvation. I've been to churches where you sneeze. They look at you funny cause they think you have a demon, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're expelling devils. You're expelling devils. And Glenn, The richness of going like he is gonna, I'll get in position. Oh Lord, will I seek you diligently? I'm hungry for you. And when I wasn't hungry for you, I said, Will you make me hungry for you? It's almost like you get the genie and then the three wishes first. I want a thousand more wishes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And so I remember praying that way, but in the same vein, I'm so excited that I can trust, we can trust. That God will sanctify us and, and it's not by human facultative consternation and focus. When you mortify the things of the flesh, you do that by seeking God and going and gazing at his glory. Exactly. And coming out changed. Exactly. So those all connected with my attitude towards me wanting to go, well, yeah, I'm going to lash it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I want to walk in the spirit. Kenneth Copeland is there by, by God's allowance. He could take his breath away. I have to sit there and go, like, when it's just really blasphemous. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I kind of expect the, uh, you know, Houston to bowl. open up and swallow him. Yeah. Or is he in Dallas? He's near Dallas, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas.
1: And that just goes to show that God has everything under control. Yeah. That's why he says, be anxious for nothing. Yeah. Because he has it. He knows... He knows what he's, what he's doing and all power and any power, anybody that's in a position of of authority, mm. even in a pulpit, even though they're not really supposed to be there, he's allowed them to be there. It's by God's hand. Wow. And he may even, if you show mercy towards them and if we show mercy towards them, if we show grace towards them, I'm going to use a biblical term, pre-adventure, they might be saved. Mm-hmm. Based upon how we in that backdrop act mm. and how we comport
0: ourselves in the spirit. Wow. Because it is that's what it is. It's him.
1: It's him. It's all everything, everything is him.
0: This week as well, I had I had talked to you on the phone and um it was one evening sometimes when I get home and some of this is a little personal, but it's like I'll get home, I'm I'm tired from working. And I just uh, said goodnight to my wife, and I, I went into a place where I kind of hang out with the Lord. And um, I just, I don't know how I found it, but I found on my my iPad, it was um, a beautiful old hymn by Fanny Crosby, Blessed Assurance. Okay. And I played it, and Glenn, I just got ushered into worship. It was beautifully sung. It was, the instrumentation was beautiful. It wasn't like I was getting emotional. I just could resonate with what Fanny had written in that the the blessed assurance that just I was like resting in God and I, I was worshiping. I think I played it three, four, five times. And I just felt so just you want to bow into nothing. You know, he's so holy. You feel one of those times. You feel like that sanctification happens in you just because you're speechless in his presence. And then I felt this weird mixture because I was like, I wanna know. I didn't like the guy's haircut. In the flesh, I looked and I was like, well, that's kind of a douchey haircut. The guy looks like he's trying too hard. That's me, y'all. I'm not trying to be a critical spirit. You have that voice in your head, probably. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, whoa, that's a douchey haircut. What is this guy all about? But I was like, they're super talented and is so anointed. Anointed. And then I'm reproving myself for even who cares about you? I don't care what haircut you have. I really don't. But I do care if you're kind of nickel backing it. No offense, Nickelback. <laughs> but if, if you're just trying to brand. Right. Okay. Through some witchcraft of right. manipulation. Right. right we want to look so that you think we are. Yeah. If, if you're if you're a beautiful girl and you put your hair and you look great, it's like be all you can be. Knock yourself out. But if it's like you are doing that to to just present and get too branding oriented, it gets weird anyway. I, he was a guy from Bethel. And when I listened to the teaching out of Bethel, a lot of times, how shall I say, uh, it's a bucket of vomit. Mm-hmm. And they preach a more sophisticated, may I say more deceptive version of everything you just said. It's Prosperity 2.0. It is Prosperity 2.0. It's a much more sophisticated model and then I was so grieved. I was like, Lord, I'm at this impasse. I hear one of their preachers preaching that Jesus had to die like a sinner and be born again. So he went to hell and then was born again. Copeland preaches that. Bill Johnson preaches that. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the, the, Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer preaches yeah. that. It's, it's it's You can find it online. And I'm like, that is like serious heresy. That is serious blasphemy. And then I hear, so I was like, I was right in that place. That's where God softened me because we had to scrap one of these shows. I I was like in the off and we scrapped it and Glenn was used to reprove me. And it was a beautiful thing in the sense of, no, no, Dan, you got to pull it back. And I'm trusting in God. I'm like, whoa, I don't want, may God bless I forgive them. They're not doing it against me. They're doing it against the Lord. But in a way, they're exporting all this music. and this. It's like, may God turn hearts. May God do his will with Bethel, with yeah. Hillsong, with all these massive places that are like bringing all kind of the franchise praise music. And some of it is so anointed. And there's so many individual believers represented, some of them precious and anointed and called. And they're just the elect of God is all over the place. What is God doing there? But we don't support heresy. No, Jesus didn't get born again like a sinful worm. Sorry, (laughs) it didn't happen. And it was that moment that I said, God, you are doing things here that I do not understand. And since church history, great blend today, just the Lord just mixing all these things. You mentioned church history. You look through church history from the very beginning. God was using heretics aplenty to purify the church. And I'm sure it was was baffling to Paul. It was baffling to Paul. Paul's like, how in the world we desperately get the, and you know what? And the gospel still prevails and the gospel still turns the world upside down. Yeah. And it's all backdrop, backdrop. McPherson. (laughs) That's good stuff. Glenn, you blessed me with some teaching and I don't know if you're done. I just interrupt you all the time.
1: No. And the interruption has been just totally awesome because this has really been ministering to me as well we are at such a different place than where we were 20 years ago when we were doing this on secular radio. We were, our passion was there, but a lot of it was misdirected. We, it was just a lot of weird stuff. And it's so refreshing to be able to come back, you know, get real 2.0 as a podcast that really is reaching out to people all across the world. And that's why we, we take what we do here seriously. We really do. Um, You know, I know if you listen to, and I want to speak to our listeners, I know if you listen to a lot of our podcasts, we talk about heavy metal and what I've seen in that. And I I wrote a book about that. And writing that book, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, this is what I feel and I'm going to write this. I had to test and approve everything that I wrote in that book. There's chapters and sections of chapters that totally got scrapped from that book. I kept going back to scripture and I'd be like, God, is this really true? I wanted to be as careful as I could with what I put out there because really what it boils down to in all of this and what we're saying is souls being saved and and leading them to a place where they can come to that point of salvation. That's why we're doing what we do here. It's that we want to see people saved. We believe that Jesus was the, the son of God. He was very God from very God. He died, rose again. So that we can be saved. That that the only way of salvation is by grace through faith alone. We will not waver on any of those points whatsoever. That's what we are here for and that's what we're doing. And Dan, speaking of salvation, speaking of the salvation of a prosperity preacher, speaking of the salvation of somebody from Bethel that may not be saved there. There are instances in scripture where those that were off doctrinally did get saved. Uh, Paul. Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And look, he persecuted the, the the Christians with zeal. And then you also have Nicodemus, Peter, Peter, all of them. All right. So there is hope. There's a lot more hope than we see. Yeah. It goes beyond what we see in the temple. Well,
0: you brought it up to me on the phone when I called you and said, Glenn, I don't understand it. I was worshiping. I'm, I'm like wiping tears off in deep worship. And then I find out, Whoa. He's from there. You know, the guy singing was from Bethel. And I'm like, ah, you know, and and I, I don't want to see feathers fall from the ceiling. I, I'm not a secessionist. No. But I don't want Hobby Lobby, lobby glitter. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm oh, not impressed. I'm not impressive see, at all. No. I want to see people born again. Yeah. And I, I don't want rolling around acting strange. I don't feel that in worship. I'm sorry. I don't relate to that. I relate to coming out in the hush of being flooded with the desire to to express love and tenderness and, and joy and and be be less than nothing, and, and it brings me back to a humility. And then I feel the authority of a, of an anointing of wanting to speak the gospel, wanting to love the unlovable, yeah, wanting to love because I've been filled with so so many good things. You go in secret. And God will fill your mouth with good things, as the scripture says. And you come out filled to overflowing and it's inexhaustible. You can love the unlovely supernaturally. You can give to the one that has nothing to give you in return like God does. And it's a beautiful thing. But when I called you and I said, well, Glenn, how is God? I don't understand this. Which is usually where I see the the greatest things out of Scripture is where I'm like, I don't understand the Sabbath day, and then God will unfold it. Well, you were used again, and um, boy, I've had quite a week for myself. Yeah, you I? have. <laughs> That's good kombucha. Um, so I was like, God, why? Why is this guy from Bethel where they're like working the word and rolling around on the floor and seeing angel feathers and just it's weird and it's just. And when I hear somebody preaching in kind of a hypnotic guru sort of voice that's telling me how to work the word, and then there's full-fledged, even occultic stuff that they have in a few books that oh, I've seen absolutely. that is scary. Yeah, it's very scary. And then I'm like, well, how in the world? They have all these talented voice people in this, and yet the wor- God's like, I'll worship, I'll worship. He'll take Devin Townsend, he'll take whoever, he'll, he'll be glorified, and he'll use them. They're his creation. And I'm like, uh... And I go, God, I, I am so amazed, and I, you have humbled me once again by your sovereignty. You have. And and that was, uh, I don't know, Glenn. It's uh, exciting. It is exciting. It, it means that God still has use for us. Cool. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Isn't that That's cool? That's good. So to That's wrap good. it up,
1: I want to go to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6. Yes, First Timothy chapter six. No Bentley in
0: there. No Bentley
1: in here. No, where it talks about, but godliness without with contentment is great gain. Let's read the verses in context. Before that it says, if any man teach otherwise, speaking of the gospel, and consent not to wholesome words, meaning the gospel, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but do uh, but doting about questions and stripes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself wow that's a very explicit command so if you are following these doctrines if you are following these individuals that we have talked about the best thing to do is not to stand up and go to war with them just withdraw yourself
0: yeah just retreat the beautiful thing about the modern age along those lines is you can be fed. You you want a local church body, you want to be able to find that. But also if you leave there and you want to know good word, there are some good pastors. There are. There's some good people that teach. I I am not a secessionist like John MacArthur. I love John MacArthur. I call him General MacArthur. I respect him. There's John Piper. John Piper, I believe, is charismatic. He preaches a good There's Jeff Durbin. Jeff Durbin is not legalistic about certain things. He's kind of a hipster and man, is he powerful and he knows the word inside and out. There are wonderful resources online that you can, yeah, and there's can tons there. more, but there's just uh go on YouTube. I
1: think eventually what we'll do, Dan, is we'll put up a resource page on our website. That'd be cool. We'll, we'll get to that. People
0: we listen to or something, yes. you know? Yes. And know.
1: if you want to go back, listen to R.C. Spurl. Oh, okay. Ligonier <laughs> Ministries. There again, you know. Bingo. Good stuff. So, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And that great gain is Jesus himself. It's his spirit. And that is nothing to be disappointed in whatsoever. Read that verse again for yes. godly- But godliness with contentment is great gain.
0: It's Jesus. Okay. That's Christ. It's
1: Jesus. And here's what I want to help some people understand. I'm going to undo some some prosperity preaching. I hear this a lot and it just... It's like the nails, the proverbial nails going down the, the chalkboard when <laughs> the I hear this. The front teeth. <laughs> in the front teeth, okay. You have people that are going through hard times where their business isn't working. Things are failing. Things are going on around them. And all of us they'll say, well, I'm under attack. Attack of what? The devil. Well, prosperity preaching has taught us that anytime something goes bad in our life, it's the devil attacking us. Well, I have to help you understand You don't get attacked by the devil unless you walk into the arena to fight. If you're out there fighting for souls, if you're out there actively engaged in ministry, if you're putting your hand to the plow and doing the work of the Lord, you will be attacked. But in most instances, when people are facing these trials and tribulations that are believers and they believe they're being attacked, it's not the devil. It's probably God trying to get your attention and to get your eyes off of your stuff. And to get you out into the field to fight. So, prosperity, again, they teach, well, it's the devil coming in to, to steal all your stuff. Gonna, gonna take away your health, gonna take away this, gonna take away that. Unless you're putting your hand to ministry, you are probably not being attacked, but it's God trying to get your attention because he will take away those things that are taking away your attention from him. So that you will look at him. It's God being gracious to you. It's God being merciful to you to take away all the stuff because he's jealous. He's a jealous God. And whatever that thing is or whatever those things are that are blocking your view from him, he's going to take and it's going to be painful because it's stuff that it's the temporal things that your flesh lusts after. And he's going to take them away so that you can see him. And one of the greatest things that happened to me during my divorce was when I had no house, $30 a week, and not much of anything else. And even during that time of pain, of not understanding what was going on, I still felt content. Mm. I didn't need all of this stuff. I had a laundry basket of clothes that I traveled around from house to house with. That was it. And some stuff that, that was it. Cause I had to travel. I had to move from house to house to week. But during those times, and I look back at it, the sweetness of those times was the contentment. And even though I was off in left field and doing things, I was living in the slop. I still knew God had his hand on me mm. and had his hand on the situation. And that's why I am here today being able to do what I'm doing. And God, We'll take those things out of your life that you put so much value on if you're not looking at him first, because what is the first commandment? Thou shalt what? Have no other gods before me.
0: Hmm. Amen, brother. Yeah, he didn't chastise bastards.
1: No, he doesn't. And it's a good thing. It's Hmm. a good thing. So don't ascribe the works of God to the devil.
0: Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. Well. I think I'm going to go meditate on my lack of Bentley.
1: <laughs> For anybody that would like to reach out to us and talk to us or maybe find out more about the resources that we or go to us. or choke us <laughs> because we just told you that your attacks are from God and not the devil, uh, totally going against the theological stream that way, you can reach out to us at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com or check us out at lithoscry.com. we got a lot of cool stuff. And yeah, we are going to put up a resource page on there. It's going to take a little time to do that. We've got a couple other projects going on right now. Uh, it's been a little bit busy over here. It's amazing how God's taken a podcast and turned it into a community uh, that we're doing outreach with. It's it's really exciting. So, But none of that would have happened if God didn't take away
0: stuff out of my life.
1: None of that. Yep. None of this would have been if I didn't have a brain tumor.
0: None of it. Well, I'm looking forward to to hearing your story and I'm looking forward to giving a forward to hearing
1: yours as well cuz we've
0: been friends for a lot of time we walked through some dark times we walked through a lot of different times and and I think there's a value in looking at at, at the forging of what's been going on cuz it's and it's not being myopic it's not about us it's just there's so much going on in the world and there's things that glenn and i have been prepared to speak to in a weird way very and weird I, way. I, I would be completely in false humility to not say it that way yeah and I, and um hopefully it's evident if you listen to us there's something in our heart that's authoritatively from the lord yeah. and it's not something that we're like hey let's get hyped up on kombucha and just talk about things we have fun with it we enjoy releasing it but god has done a renewal and it's been a long journey and there's some stability and some some uh, some value and what we want to impart. We've been some places and seen some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until
1: next time, people, hey, stay in the word. Read in context. Please read the chapter before and after and the verses before and after. makes a big difference in what you're hearing. Uh, Follow your pastor. Listen to what they're saying and read what's before and after to make sure that they're reading what's before and after. And of course, if you listen to us, rock on lithoscry.com